Hello, and welcome to the Ecom Ops Podcast. We believe that there is more than enough content focused on e-commerce marketing and not enough content celebrating the real heroes of e-commerce, those running the operation. Each week, we find and interview an e-commerce operations expert to share the secrets behind how some of this industry's most exciting businesses are run. And now, your host, Norbert Strapler, the CEO of Sync Spider. Hello and welcome to Sync Spiders Ops Podcast. My name is Norbert and I'm your host. And today we are talking with Ronnie from Brunsio Watches. Hi, Ronnie. Hey, buddy. What's going on? Yeah. Wow. We have nice weather here in Austria. The day <laughs> just started, so everything is great. How is it in Vancouver? No, oh, I'm in Bangkok. Bangkok's pretty hot, man. Pretty warm. 36 degrees out today. So Bangkok, okay. That, yeah, that's dude. cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm originally from Vancouver, but I spend uh, a few months of the year here in Bangkok. Yeah, that's cool. That's great. Yeah. So, um, Ronnie, just tell me, um, how did you first get into e-commerce? Yeah, so uh, I started I started in e-commerce maybe in about 2009, 2010. I was the first digital marketing manager for HSBC for the retail banking in Canada. And uh, it was a new position. And of course, in a bank, they don't really look into uh, you working in digital as, as a high enough thing because it's, you know, it's, a, it's an institution which is basically very safe. So digital was something new. And they said, look, we don't know how this works. We need a young guy to come in and explain it to us. And that's how I started in digital. But I think I really understood e-commerce and how e-commerce works and how, uh, how to bite into the digital aspect of the uh, of the as a field when I started working for Best Buy and Best Buy is, you know, a big electronics company. Everything is just go, 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 go. Everything follows the retail cycle. Everything is like extremely focused on, you know, uh, online and offline driving traffic to the store and all that. So I got to give a credit where credit is due. So, you know, I fell in love with e-commerce, the retail aspect of it. You know, there's no boring day. There's no same day, two days in a row in retail. So yeah, I, I definitely would say that that's where I broke my teeth in. That's cool. Great. And uh, what's yeah. your, your current e-com stack? What do you use? Yeah, for me, I, uh, right now, so we have a portfolio of about 10 to 15 different websites, right? So Brandsio being the main one. So we actually have a few affiliate sites which are based on WordPress. We, uh, but the main store and all, the whole store is actually based on Shopify. Uh, and of course, there's a few apps here and there that we use. There's an uh, app called, you know, Stamp.io, Reviews.io, like all the other guys that we use. So Clavio, uh, big one. Uh, I actually just... Just recently uh, migrated Clavio uh, Clavio for email from Mailchimp. I should have done it a yeah. long time ago. So that was completely my fault. But if anybody is listening and everybody wants to have a go, I think I cannot recommend the guys at Clavio enough. They uh, they definitely know what they're doing and you know setting up all the flows, setting all the upsells. I think we've already uh, made about we've already made about thirty thousand dollars in month number one versus I think in Mailchimp we were making something like five or six thousand dollars. So it's five x the 5x revenue and most people don't want to shift to Clavio because it's a little bit more expensive. But the thing is, if your sales are going up, if your revenue's gone up five times, then you know it's a no-brainer. Yeah, absolutely, fully agree, absolutely. Um, and do you also sell on marketplaces, or is it yeah? Just a uh, well, not on Amazon. The problem with Amazon is Amazon considers jewelry and watches to be a very highly fraud-related category. So Amazon is extremely hard to get approved for. Uh, you know, for, uh, for on a marketplace basis. But, you know, we, we've tried on eBay, we've tried on Walmart, but the thing is what what we've noticed is it actually ends up cheapening our brand out because we don't, we don't want to be associated with like some, you know, 
uh, for lack of a better word, there, there are some watches out there that, you know, uh, that are very much, much private labeled and, you know, I can see them and I know that these are $10 watches that somebody's selling on, on there for like, you know, 50 bucks. Yeah. So, you know, we also need to preserve our brand, in, brand integrity. So uh, that's one of the reasons why we actually don't sell on marketplaces. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, how do you handle um, shipping and accounting, all this kind of stuff? Um, what, what's your, your stack there? Yeah, so our stack for, for shipping, shipping is basically is all global. It's managed out of, uh, there's a couple of there's a couple of warehouses, Easy Post, that's a pretty big one that uh, integrates into Shopify directly. Uh, for, uh, sorry, the second one was accounting. Accounting is zero. You just plug into zero, man. XERO, that does all your bookkeeping automatically. I think there's a company yeah. out there for e-commerce, I can highly recommend Bean Ninjas. Uh, you can just, they just plug into your, they just plug into your Stripe account your PayPal account, all that stuff, and they just take care of everything for you. And it's something like, it's something ridiculously cheap, like maybe a thousand dollars a year. So that's, oh. that's just a no-brainer. And, yeah. and are you are you producing the watches yourself or is it just a white label product or? Uh... No, we don't, we don't believe in white labeling. So actually for us, yeah. we actually go down, we actually have designers, we actually have people who are actually like working on these watches on a daily basis. So for example, right now, we are working on the spring launch of 2021. But, you know, with, with COVID and everything else, you know, I want to put it out there that, you know, because watches are sort of like a luxury item. So, uh, you know, our sales did drop in, in February. They did drop in March, but in April, we actually up 100%. So there are times that, you know, you will, because it's not a necessity, right? It's like a, it's like one of those fashion items, which is definitely not something that you need, but it's something that you, you know, it's a good to have. So Good to have uh, and that, that you want. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it also helps that you know we, we don't have enough like competition from other companies right now in the market. We're trying to we're trying to plow as much as more into Facebook and Instagram. You know people are trying to uh, people are trying to conserve as much cash. So that's not it's because I think it's burning money. But I think it's it's the other way around. It's an opportunity for smaller brands to step in and actually like try and scale as as quickly as possible. Yeah. Do you have people in your team that are focused on operations, or um, how how many people do you have? Yeah, we have about like 25 people now. So out of the 25 people, uh, we have about three people that are solely focused on operations. So operations, yeah. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of actually have, having operational people, but I think it really, really makes sense to have operations related folks, uh, especially because, uh, you know, I can always give orders and I can direct people in certain ways, but for somebody to go and execute them to make sure that we actually focused on, uh, you know, the target and the goal and people to ask me questions, why it's happening, how what's happening, how the execution is going to happen. We need operations people. So like to have everything, like the shipping, the accounting, like all that kind of stuff, we definitely need people like that. Uh, you know, people who manage the, the dev queue, for example, right? Because everybody's got, you know, uh, you know, 10 different questions they want to ask developers every day. But the thing is, you need somebody who's evolved to say, look, this is how you prioritize it. This is what's going to make us revenue. This is how, my, how we're going to go about it. So, you know, with me, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, so every day I have 10 different ideas. So I'm always going to throw them at the developer. So you need somebody who basically says, look, wait, wait a second, you know, we need to we need to prioritize based on what's going to make us revenue short term. How is it going to take care of the customers in the long run? How are we going to make how are we going to make this work in the long run? And the execution of it is extremely important. To have an idea is important, but the execution of that idea is, you know, two times that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um so is is there um, with your stacks when you when you when you think about um, Shopify is is there everything that you need? So is this um, uh, do you have everything you need um, in in terms of apps so that you can connect data with each other or products with each other t- 
tools? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're using we're using a, a Google the Google Data Studio as a dashboard. In some cases, for the ads, we use also a company called Supermetrics, which is quite quite interesting. And you can actually it's just a simple plug and play API that you can use into your Google dashboard or your Facebook dashboard and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's good to it's good to know like on a weekly basis how much you're spending, how much you're making, what's the cost of cost of goods. Like for example, right now, although I'd like to sell more, the problem is we only we only down to about last 20 30 percent of our stock. So, mm-hmm. so what we don't what we don't want to be in as a situation is we don't want to be out of stock, and hopefully it's going to be cutting it extremely close. Where I think our shipments are leaving, they left China two weeks ago, uh, and we still have to wait maybe another two weeks till they get in. So my my expectation is hopefully in the next two weeks we don't sell out because if we do, then you know it's one of those things where we have to email our customers and let them know, hey, look, we're sorry we don't have the stock, and it leads to a brand bad brand. Uh, recall and I personally am not a big fan of that yeah yeah I understand and uh, are your watches available also in uh, retail stores or uh, only online in your store we have a couple of big Canadian retail chain stores the Bay uh, you know uh, the the Bay owns Saks Fifth Ave which is quite a a luxury store in the US so we're trying to get into those kind of stores we're trying to see how it is we we own some mom and pop shops in Germany we own some mom and pop shops in the UK and France and all those kind of places because you know we, we display ourselves at fairs but the problem with retail versus being, uh, you know, uh, direct as an e-commerce brand is you get to actually control the whole experience, first of all. Second of all, in retail, people people are actually not going to be as involved with you to, to keep the customer happy. A customer will just go and I mean, not every... So an example of this would be like when you go to Best Buy, right? Mm-hmm. Apple is such a powerful brand that in Best Buy, they can they control the whole Apple experience. So an Apple experience in Best Buy is the same as going to an Apple store, right? Uh, because they are so concerned about the whole brand experience. Whereas for me, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not an Apple. I'm not like some hotshot, you know, big watch guy, but hopefully we become one. And the idea is that when I am in retail stores, I actually cannot control that one-on-one interaction with the customer at the end of the day. You know, when, when the customer gets the watch, how do they open the watch? You know, what does the box experience look like? You know, is the customer telling them, you know, the positives of this watch. We have a lifetime guarantee on all our products. You know, even if your watch breaks five years down the line, you just send it back to us and we'll replace it for you. So these are extremely important things for me. You know, when we look at customers, customers are not there only for the short term. They're not only there for like 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. And a lot of people look at it that way. We want our customers to last us a lifetime. We're not here for, you know, one year, two years, four years. We're here for the next decade. We're here for the next two decades. We're here for the next 50 years if need be, right? But the idea is that goes back the only people who we want to hire are the people who think customer first, right? So if you work at Brandy Watches, you start by literally starting in customer service. You could have had 30 years of experience as a CEO of Apple for all I care. But if you're not working on the chats, phones, email, talking to customers from day one, then you don't have uh, a place in the organization for the first three months anybody who joins us works in customer service that's a great idea great great philosophy yeah i like this idea yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm you really are in touch with service. with people yeah yeah that's yeah, cool I'm, 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 every weekend I'm, I'm i'm on customer service not every weekend but every year every two weeks every two weeks yeah. friday saturday sunday if you ever come to the store you'll probably find me online on the talk to <laughs> That's cool. it's, it's a job, man. If, if I don't know, if I don't know what my customers are thinking, what the brand, you know, what they think, what the brand, then, you know, it's my failure not to address the needs. 
So you have really, um, uh, this was this is one of my questions actually, uh, what do you do to have a constant uh, experience for users? And uh, this, this, this pretty much covers this question. So um, <laughs> it, it, to, be, to be really there for them to have, um, yeah, a great, to give them a great experience by, by being there. Well, I have to. It's like, my, my, I know my team appreciates it, but I think it's even more important that I'm there in person on the front, front line getting my hand dirty. I think it's like, yeah. it's motivational for other people as a leader, but I think it's also motivational for me to be there because I actually get to talk to my customers firsthand. It's like, hey, what's the problem? Tell me what the issues are, et cetera, et cetera. So that really works out in the long run for me. Cool. Um, did you did you have any significant downtime or disruption of your service um, in recently, or uh, is everything running smoothly? What are your I big mean, uh, pains? <clears throat> I mean, when I first started, I mean PayPal Panda accounts. That was a big one. Uh, I think when I started the first time, PayPal literally took took about I think I had about seventy five thousand dollars in PayPal, and one point they PayPal just banned us, and I was literally out. Ah, oh, shit! And I needed this money for product, and that was the next collection coming out. So I literally had only ten thousand dollars left, and PayPal, as you know, would not pay till six months or seven months out. No. In, in the long yeah. run, it worked for me because the Canadian dollar weakened a lot against the pay, uh, against the uh, US dollar, so it worked out. But at the time, you know, I needed ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. I didn't have the money, and. Uh, I literally had some cash stashed somewhere under a pillow, mattress, not lying, but, you know, I had to get everything together, you know, borrowed money, beg, borrow, steal from your parents, do whatever. And that's, you know, that's, I'll never forget that. So it was like yesterday, like six years ago. It's like, you know, I was, I was on the way to somebody's wedding and on, on, on a car from Vancouver to Calgary, which is about eight hours away. And then halfway through the car ride, that's what happened. They just canceled everything. We were, we, you know, I, I can't do anything about it. I heard this quite often already that you if, if you're just locked with PayPal, this takes weeks uh, until you get unlocked. Yeah, again. I mean, in the long run, they were quite uh, quite good. I mean, we, we had to go back. We had to submit all the paperwork because what, I mean, they, they do it for a reason, right? I mean, there's a lot of bad actors out there. There's a lot of yeah. people who are like yeah. uh, making cheap Rolexes or cheap, you know, Ray-Bans and all that kind of stuff. So they, they initially thought it was one of those stores. And then when we had to go back and explain everything, I mean, it took three months, don't get me wrong, but uh, but this, but in return, what they did was they signed us a rep. And now we have a rep, everything is much easier, everything is a lot uh, quicker, and I'm grateful, you know, but that, I think that every organization, be it Google, be it Facebook, be it, you know, people have banned accounts on Google, people have banned accounts on Facebook, I mean, I've, I've had the suspensions too. But I think if you can actually get to the right person and you have the right dialogue, then, the the benefit of that is actually long term people say look I I know these people they're, they're legitimate don't worry about it but you must have paperwork to prove that it's all legitimate I think what people yeah. are doing is they're trying to do the the you know the the number two stuff and they're expecting you know they're expecting these people not to get caught and there's a lot of bad actors out there I'm, I'm like I'll be honest I mean if I go to Facebook and I try to see the amount of like fake Ray-Ban, Ray-Ban stores that are being advertised I'm like sure dude that's or uh, gambling for example it's like yeah. you can't be doing that kind of stuff man it's ridiculous. Right, it, it it affects it affects uh, the larger amount of people trying to make a legitimate business out of somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. What what role does automation play for you for you for your company? Uh, automation and what in terms of tasks? 
uh, automation in terms of uh, e-commerce, e-commerce tasks, uh, stock keeping, ordering, processes. Yeah, I mean, that stuff, you know, you always have extensions that you can use. And, you know, we actually sit down once a month with these guys who are talking about Bean Ninjas, uh, the bookkeeping service. And they actually explain to us every week, you know, how our profits are, you know, where we need to be focused, profit or loss. I mean, sometimes we have losses too, but it's like, you know, it evens out at the end of the day. But the thing is, you know, what, what stocks we need, what are the highest selling SKUs, I think at least once a week, I'm actually in the back reading my reading the stock the stock uh, the skills that we have and what you know what the stuff that we need in order to uh, to look forward to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of in terms of automation in terms of apps, I mean you know we've heard about CDO uh, on Facebook and we've heard about you know how they're using automations. We've heard about Google uh, moving more towards automated ads. We've heard about all the other platforms that, that are moving from machine learning to AI. And part of the reason why they're doing it is because they want to take out the human bias in advertising. Because apart, I mean, I, I'm guilty of it as well. My background's in PPC. And sometimes if I see if I have a bad day, then I'll start, I'll start like hitting, cranking up my bits. And you know, next day it's like, you know, it's fine. But it's like you can't, you can't, you can't be like, you know, you, ads are supposed to go like that. You can't really have pain in ads because there's people bidding against you, et cetera, et cetera. But the reason why this exists is so it takes out the bloody human bias. Like people like me doing stupid things in the account because, you know, it takes about three weeks for the accounts to like level out. So, you know, it's one of those things. And what, what is your dev team focused, your ops team focused uh, in the next uh, 12 months? What is your, what are your goals? Well, our goals, are, our goals are to hit about $15 million in sales. So, you know, oh, we're, 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 yeah, yeah, exactly. so, uh, yeah, thanks, man. But, but, um, but um, you know, the most immediate thing that we're focused on is, Delivering world-class customer service to our, to our customers, right? When we look at when we look at a company, we say, what does the customer service want to deliver, right? So the only company I can think about that I, I would consider to be at the forefront of this is Zappos, right? What what they call is the Zappos experience, right? So when 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 people come to your store, you want to deliver to them something what we call the the brand new 360, right? So 360 is from the time that you come to the store to the time that you're on the store till the time you you know you you're purchasing something from the time that you receive the box. And anytime after that, even 10 years from now, you automatically sign up for that brand new 360, right? So it's basically like once you're a customer, you're a customer for life. So even if you have issues, like I was saying, five years, 10 years, 15 years from now, we actually don't care about the cost of the watch. What we care about is your impression of the company and your impression of being a customer, right? So I have we've had issues where, you know, uh, we've had instances where we've lost money on customers and that's fine by me. We don't want to deliver a substandard experience. We want people to go tell their friends all about the experience that they have uh, at Brandio or any of these at a watch company. We don't want to. We don't want, you know, one one piss off customer. Uh, when when I think about it, is probably worth about, I'd say it's like you know probably a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars in losses for us because they're not going to say to themselves they're going to go to their family, they're going to go to their friends, they're going to go to their, you know, uh, cousins even. In, in fact, so like a good example of this is a friend of ours. Uh, he was stuck in the Maldives during this COVID crisis, right? The hotel had an exceptional opportunity to, and these guys are on a honeymoon, by the way. They had an exceptional opportunity to actually make this stay free because they couldn't leave the country because of this COVID crisis. But instead, what they chose to do was they they decided to make them pay. So those guys are now in about $15,000 in debt, like they're screwed, right? But imagine if they would have made the, if they would have literally given it to them given at least a week or two weeks off for free, right? The amount of PR it would have generated just from saying, oh, you know, 
stranded couple in the Maldives, hotel gives free accommodation for one month. Wow, holy shit. Like the amount of like eyeballs you would have gotten onto the news stories. The second thing you got to look about is if they would have actually said, look, I'm okay with this. This couple, imagine how many people they would have gone and told in their homes. Anybody who's getting wet, they would have probably gone out of their way to be like, oh, I'm going to Mauritius or Maldives or whatever. You guys would have been like, wait a second. We stayed at this resort. This is what they did for us. We'll never forget this. And not once, but maybe even 10, 15 years from now. So that's how you think about customer feedback, right? And I, that's why I said, short-term losses, ah, okay, no problems. What we, what we want is we want it long-term. Yeah, that's cool. Um, the last question for today. Yeah. Who has taught you most about e-commerce in your career today, up to date? Oh, I don't know, man. Uh, most <laughs> of it is self-learned, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not even lying. It's like, I wish I could give somebody credit, but yeah, most of my mistakes are mine to learn from. But I, yeah. if there was anybody I looked at like, who got me into like this whole advertising space in general, it's a guy called David Ogilvy. So, you know, uh, legend legend of marketing, uh, wrote, wrote a couple of books, Confessions of an Advertising Man, a really good book to read. Uh, and then Blood, Blood, Brains and Beer, another good book to read, written by David Ogilvy, excellent, excellent book. But he's the guy who got me into advertising. You know, I, I read his book when I was 15, very impressionable, and I said, look, I'm going to be an ad man. So the, the same concepts, or what he's written in that book exists today. And they are, this is 50 years apart, right? Which is basically, you know, no matter what's happened for thousands of years, humans want the same thing. We want community, we want food, clothing, shelter, and we want a brand that, you know, we want we want to associate with something what our peers associate with. So a good example of that is Tide. So David created Tide. So which is now, I think, I think one out of every five people know about Tide as a brand. That's, that's on the lower end of things, so. So yeah, there you go. So it's one of those things. That's great. Ronnie, Yeah. thank you yeah. so much for your time. It was really um, worthful to listen to you. I got a lot of new uh, ideas and I hope all our listeners got the same. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. Good luck no with good luck with, with your brand. Good luck. Yeah. Um, and uh, thank you very much and have a great day. Cheers, buddy. Appreciate it. And that's it for this episode of the Ecom Ops Podcast. If you enjoyed listening and would like us to find and interview more e-commerce operations experts, please search for Ecom Ops Podcast in your favorite podcast listening app and then subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time.